Once the World Series is over, baseball generates plenty of news to occupy its fans as they wait until next year. The offseason begins in late fall with the announcement of baseball's major awards, and by the holiday season, there's a steady stream of news about trades and free agent signings. In January, the Baseball Hall of Fame announces the vote of its new inductees, and by February, players are packing their bags for spring training. While baseball keeps busy during the offseason, its fans have their own time-honored way of waiting until the beginning of a new season. It's called the Hot Stove League. Ever since baseball became our national pastime, its fans have warmed themselves in the offseason with stories of the glory of the game and its heroes. The Starbucks in our local Barnes & Noble is hardly the place to conjure up an image of old-timers swapping baseball stories while sitting around a pot-bellied stove. But my wife Anita and I experienced such a moment there several weeks ago when we sat down with Susan Marks, the Director of Advancement at Kent State University. Susan was visiting Kent State alumni in our area and asked if we could get together before she headed home. Anita and I enjoyed our years at Kent State, so we were happy to meet with her. The three of us spent most of our time together sharing our memories and fondness for Kent State, but when talk got around to my interest in baseball, Susan, to our astonishment, said that her grandfather, Ray Shamant, once played for the St. Louis Browns and had appeared in the World Series. If you look up Ray Shamant, you'll find that Susan's grandfather made his Major League debut with the Browns on June 18, 1915, as a pinch hitter and struck out. After going hitless in three more at-bats, he was released by the Browns and didn't return to the Major Leagues until 1918 when he played for the Brooklyn Dodgers, called the Robins in those days after their manager, Wilbert Robinson. Shamant was still with Brooklyn when they lost to the Cleveland Indians in the 1920 World Series. He grounded into a force out in his only at-bat. He played with Brooklyn, mostly as a part-time first baseman, through the 1922 season and finished his career with a 270 lifetime average. While Ray Shaman's statistics are hardly the stuff of legends, he had a solid career and played during a remarkable time in the history of the game. Four days after he made his debut with the Browns in 1915, another Browns rookie, first baseman George Sisler, singled in his first major league at bat and went on to become one of the first players inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Branch Rickey, the Browns' manager in 1915, was fired at the end of the season, but went on to Hall of Fame greatness as general manager of the Cardinals and Dodgers. When Ray Shamant made his appearance in the 1920 World Series, he was batting against the Cleveland Indians team that had overcome a terrible tragedy. On August 16, 1920, the Indians' Ray Chapman, batting against the Yankees, was hit in the head by a pitch and died several hours later. It was also during the turbulent 1920 season that eight White Sox players were accused of fixing the 1919 World Series. When Ray Shamant made his Major League debut in 1915, Ty Cobb and Hannes Wagner were still playing baseball. When he played his last season in 1922, Babe Ruth, sold by the Red Sox to the Yankees in 1920, had already shattered the Major League home run record and led the Yankees to their first American League pennant on their way to becoming a baseball dynasty. How I envy Susan Marks as she sat and listened to her grandfather talk about a time when the giants of the game roamed baseball's playing fields. Those stories, no doubt, warmed her during the cold winters of her childhood and inspired a love of baseball that she carried into adulthood along with a love for her grandfather. This is Pete Peterson for Reading Baseball.